Welcome back to Start Kyle Orton. I'm Travis. With me, as always, is Kyle. Uh, Kyle, somewhat famous now. So, uh, after your post game show, you went out there and oh, you, you killed God's it. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> I don't think appearing on a Windy City Gridiron post, that's like the worst kind of embarrassing, or, or worst you kind did, of famous. You did fantastic. I, I mean, certainly I am the better and more knowledgeable of the two of us. I think history has shown that. Um, <laughs> so we have that going for us, which is and, nice. Yeah. Um, and now yeah, you're no, I, famous too. So yeah, no, I hopped on the the post game show after the Chargers game to talk about. I stayed up late to watch that disaster. Um, I th- I thought I th- I'm so naive, Travis. I routinely place even now after all this time uh, place too much faith in the Bears fan base. I thought that game would be the end of Bajent Mania when. Yeah, I mean, I mean, which which Tyson Bajant throw was your favorite from that Chargers game, Travis? Was it was it the one where he either overthrew Mooney in the flat or underthrew Moore on the dig and nailed the DB right in between the two for an interception, or was it the almost interception he threw when he put his whole ass body into a four yard hitch and and still came up short? Yeah, it was um, definitely the two throws. Where, I mean, last week you had it pegged. You said even a bad defense could take care of this as long as they just leave someone in the flat, right? Because yeah. what's he going to do? So yeah. his, his solution to this game appeared to be, what if I float it gently above that guy in the flat and then we just see what happens? Uh, yeah, it was, it was funny. I mean, it was, it, that, that right there is the reason that, like, the Raiders are so, I mean, that game plan was enough to get Josh McDaniels fired midseason. Yeah. Finally, yeah. Mark Davis, Mark Davis went to a Russian mobster. He's probably got like he he's got to be worried. He's worried about his kneecap being collected someday. But he needed to scrounge up the cash to let himself fire Josh McDaniels early. That's how that's how much motivation losing to the Chicago Bears with Tyson Bajan at the helm gave him. Because, I mean, you saw that the Chargers game plan against Bajan was exactly what the Raiders game plan should have been. They challenged the receivers. They made him make a read. Um, you know, for everyone who, who talked about how, uh, well, he gets rid of the ball faster than Justin Fields. When it comes to non-screens, Tyson is still over three seconds throwing the football to. He's not seeing things faster he's not getting the ball out quicker he's they're, they're calling a whole bunch of screens because they don't this guy can't throw the football uh, no I, I don't want to turn this into dumping into tyson Bajan. he yeah. is exactly what a backup quarterback from a division two school making his second career start in prime time probably is gonna look like and that's fine all that we ever asked of tyson Bajan is that the same stupid people don't make the same stupid narrative out of the same stupid story that they always do when this happens. Backup quarterback played like backup quarterback. Film at 11. The Bears have a problem still at quarterback. Tyson Bajan's not the answer. Justin Fields, as we've talked about, unfortunately probably isn't either, and it sounds like he's still out a couple more games. He's not going to play against the Saints. He's probably not going to play on Thursday Night Football then against the Panthers. Um so that should be a real whopper of a football game, I tell you what. Um, but yeah, but this is not about Tyson Bajant. We are going to talk about uh, some big moves the Chicago Bears at 2-6 and six oh, made. Oh, and did, oh, oh, you got something you want to say? All right. Yeah. Okay. You got it before I, yeah, we get to it. To, don't bury that poor Chargers game just yet, because I think, I think another thing that we ended up being right about, uh, which I was a bit more vociferous about, but we both agreed... The Bears' defense is no better than it was before. They played a bunch of teams with bad offenses that had been made worse due to injuries. So just truly, tragically bereft offenses of the Vikings, of the Raiders. And we saw even with Garoppolo back, the Raiders weren't that good. They, they got their head coach fired after this week. But the Bears' defense just fell right back to where it was, right? They might be in the right place at the right time most of the time, but that's kind of it. And Justin well, Herbert doesn't care. Dave Kaplan, and you won't you won't hear me citing the Cap Man very often, but he had that list of quarterbacks that the Bears have beaten during the. I was I damn near almost just said Tressman. It's the same guy. It's the same. But we're we're back where we. Time is cyclical, and here we are. Um, 
if Mark Tressman were not real, the Bears would have to invent him. Uh, no, Eberflus. That I seriously that that was that all was a stall. Well, I tried to remember what the head coach's fucking name is. That's how much of a loser this guy is. Um, the list of quarterbacks. The list of quarterbacks he's beaten are Trey Lance, who was making his third career start and has now made four total career starts and is a, a third-string quarterback in Dallas now. Yeah. Uh, they beat Davis Mills, now backing up C.J. Stroud. They beat Bailey Zappi, uh, who is Bailey Zappi, um, and that's, that's really all that needs to be said there. Um, they beat Sam Howell, and they beat... Brian Hoyer. That's that's whom they've beaten in, in his illustrious Bears tenure. Uh, they have been shredded. Just not, not just like... I mean, they gave up an NFL record for consecutive games allowing 25-plus points on defense. They have sh- shredded by any quarterback with a pulse. Um, now, the one thing that I do think is legit about this Bears defense and should only get more legit, possibly even too legit to quit... Now that they've added Montez Sweat, who we'll talk about more, they do legitimately have a fantastic run defense. They, they are allowing, and that's because of Andrew Billings, who also just got extended. I don't know if we want to talk a little bit about that right now or if we want to save it for extension talk here in a little bit, Which because there's going to be a lot of hot extension talk. Yeah. Um, and I'm not just talking about the cord I'd like to wrap around my neck right now, folks. Uh, <laughs> People come here for the high quality suicide that's, jokes. That's that's yeah, that's some dark humor in it. All right, it's, but it, can you blame me? kids? Can you blame me? Watch the Chicago Bears or don't if you want to retain your will to live. Um, no, uh, but Andrew Billings is a stout run defender. The the run defense has been transformed, and I think what that demonstrates is in twenty twenty three. What the value of stopping the run is? Guess yeah. what? It's not that much. It's not that much, unless you, unless I mean, it's nice. It's 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 definitely really good if you have a like if you can destroy the run and get defenses into third and eight. That is normally a great thing if yeah. you have the kind of secondary and defensive line that scares opposing quarterbacks on third and eight. The Bears don't have that now. Maybe. They're hoping to have it a little bit now with Montez Sweat because that's what you need at two and six. You need that's when you need to start worrying about fixing your pass rush a little bit. Do, um, we, do we just need to talk about it? Do we need to move into Montez now? Well, no. I, the last thing I was saying this is something that I did say when I was um, when I was on my my big Windy City Gridiron podcast. Uh, I said Getting the Bears out there. The Bears last, the last two years have really like they have proven how bankrupt the everyone's favorite coaching axiom was uh, because, you know, coach had the certain type of coaches, the type of coaches that the Bears hire every time, mostly, love to say that the first two things you need to do are run the ball and stop the run. Mm-hmm. And last year we saw the Bears run the football better than maybe any Bears team in history, better than any team in the NFL last year. And this year we have seen them give a historic effort at stopping the run and the result folks is five and 20 that's what that gets you that is what running the ball and stopping the run gets you if you don't have an offense built to throw the football and a defense built to stop someone from throwing the football yeah. when we you know someone there there are still some people some people uh people who i generally like and respect even who are, are very much i mean talking about polls plan and how this is slowly coming together and how you just got to give them the benefit of the doubt. And the thing is that I think you and I did a pretty good job of giving Ryan Poles the benefit of the doubt, actually. Yeah, for sure. If you want to go back, folks, and listen to, was it our, literally, was it our first episode where we talked about, or maybe our second, where we talked about his free agency and the roster it looked like he was putting together. We did not rant and rave about Ryan Poles and how fucking stupid we thought this plan was. We both said... This looks kind of a weird way to assemble your roster. This looks kind of like a weird use of resources. I don't think he's that stupid, so let's give him the benefit of the doubt, and let's talk about what he might be thinking. And we did that. That was a good faith effort on us. We were so objective. We were so impartial. I sounded smarter than you did. I'm not going to lie. Brighter days back then. Yeah, we did. days. 
but we we gave him the benefit of the doubt and and so we watched so that we said all right let's see how this comes together and it's come together folks and they're still the worst team in the goddamn nfl that's how it came together so before we get into this move that he just made i just want to say that ryan poles and matt eberflus have nuked the benefit of the doubt they 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 struck it from orbit it is ashes Every single thing from here on out is is them having to prove to me that what they have just done is not the stupidest fucking thing imaginable. Because on the surface, if that is my initial reaction, that is what I'm going to roll with, motherfucker. I think you're that stupid. I do. Yeah. So, prove me wrong. You haven't done it yet, but by God, here's your chance. Prove me wrong. Yeah, I mean, uh, here's a segue for you. One of the things you didn't talk about that we gave him the benefit of the doubt on was last year's midseason move to get Chase Claypool. We did. We said we said some things that are going to also apply to Montez Sweat here. We, we said sure did. the the next year, last year's uh, off season pile of wide receivers was bad, so we weren't going to be able to get one who's going to be any good, right? We mm-hmm. said that the incoming draft class at wide receiver was bad. Nobody was as good as Chase Claypool, right? Uh, we weren't going to be able to get him at least with the pick that we, we gave up, right, 33. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we agreed on that. We thought, hey, this is a good move for the future. We had one more year of control, right? So that's a decent move. We gave him the benefit of the doubt. That was an absolute dumpster fire. If we re-ran the worst Bears of all time tournament this offseason, Chase Claypool's going to make that list in the trades category, right? Oh, I think he's I think he's squaring up with Rex Grossman in the finale yeah, if we did that. He, yeah, I think that's... He is an absolute disaster. I think so, that, yeah. Kyle, Kyle, if you can do it, what you got to do is you got to make a move where you're saying, well, this draft class isn't that good at defensive end. We're probably not going to be able to use this high second-round pick on a defensive end for the pass rush. Uh you know, is it spooky that the team we were talking to and we asked them about Chase Young said, what about Montez Sweat? Maybe a little bit. Is it spooky that Montez Sweat's stats this year are worse than they ever have been previously? Uh, is it wor- is it bad and spooky that Montez Sweat has a pass rush win rate that is half what you want it to be right now, even on that defensive line with all these other good Washington football players? Uh, yes, yes, it is. Uh, and like you said, I'm not, I am not giving this guy the benefit of the doubt anymore. I would say, man, the balls on this guy to make the same exact move two years in a row. Except this year, you don't even get the extra year of control, and you don't have a contract lined up for the guy. But instead so, of calling it ballsy, I'm gonna go out on a limb and call it what it is. It's fucking stupid, Kyle. It's fucking it's... stupid. So, honestly, when I first heard about the trade, my initial reaction was not excitement or anger. I was just kind of like, okay, I can see the logic there. I think it's pretty risky given where the Bears are as an organization to even make a move like this. But all of that was with the assumption, the assumption that this was going to be like the Khalil Mack trade, where like an hour after the trade was announced, the accompanying extension would be announced. Yeah. And then the next day, what comes out is the Bears are, are going to make an effort to extend him before free agency. And, and I get it. There are people right now, there are people who have been yelling at me since it happened, like, look, I, I he's, don't get it. he's probably going to sign an extension. And I think he probably is. Because the Bears have the leverage of the franchise tag and all of that, but we'll talk about why that factors into another player that they're having a problem with right now. But even then, it's still, to me, it is staggeringly bad, even if they sign him to an extension. And and for what I'm hearing, the extension they're going to sign this guy to is probably going to seem like a massive overpay anyways. Yep. They can probably afford it, because God knows he, Ryan Poles, has has milked that he, he is he, that cap space is his baby i don't know what his kink is i think his kink is for looking at, at over the cap and seeing like a hundred plus million there in projected future cap i think that gets him tweaking things a bit i think yeah. that's what gets him going um so he's got the cap room he can't afford to overpay this guy if this is the one guy that ryan pulls his blessed algorithm says is fine to overpay besides tremaine edmonds fantastic early returns on investment there by the way um so they sure they'll probably extend him. It's still staggeringly bad process 
to make a top a, a trade for what is almost certainly going to be a top 40 well that is certainly going to be a top 40 pick in my opinion almost certainly going to be a top 35 pick yeah for a guy like this without knowing you have that extension agreed upon and what i have heard is that the other team that was that thought they were getting him up until the Bears swooped in with what you know this team naturally what Washington naturally assumed is going to be a higher second round pick was the Atlanta Falcons and Sweat was excited to go home to Atlanta and the parameters of an extension were basically agreed upon there and so he's not happy to be a Chicago Bear they might extend him but they're going to have to severely overpay to do it um it's just it's you you can't be doing this with where you are as an organization. And I think you and I are both afraid that the logic here isn't even that they are counting on the extension. I think you and I are both afraid that the yeah. worst case scenario is the most Bears case scenario as well, which is George McCaskey is sitting there right now saying, like, you guys need to win at least seven games for me not to fire you this year. And Iberflus and Poles are sitting there scrambling and running around going, what the fuck can we do to to squeeze five more wins out of this roster? We'll worry about the extensions down the road. We'll worry about that. We need five more wins this year. And we can't, I mean, it's a process we have seen before. It's the process that resulted in them keeping Nagy and Pace a whole year longer than they should have. Um, We have seen them just accept mediocrity as signs of progress and talk themselves into running back terrible coaches before i think that's what you and i are both afraid of is, is the thought process behind this yeah. um and until that extension is signed it's it and the thing is even if that extension if that extension is a massive overpay just to get him signed that's still a failure so yeah. this this yeah i mean i i think they got a good player montez sweat is an elite run stopper and he's a good has never been great but he's a good pass rusher i think he's old enough that you know there's no point in in dreaming that he's going to suddenly become a great pass rusher um a comp that someone gave him that i do actually like he kind of reminds me of former bear alex brown um he really is he's he's one of those de's that's just he's an every down player super useful not a superstar but i think they're about to pay him right now like a superstar and they the best part is they have to pay him right now like a superstar because if you don't pay him if you don't extend him in some form you have literally just set a second round pick on fire again yep yeah and i mean okay question i have to pose this question to the people i know there are some listen to this podcast to the people who are willing to give them the benefit of the doubt right now why what for what reason do you think this is not a desperation move by polls and fluss to just try to save their goddamn jobs because you don't have to give them the benefit of the doubt. You don't have to say, well, they know they're going to get an extension eventually. If they knew that, they'd have it. They'd have mm-hmm. the extension because he was working on an extension with Atlanta because he had one in hand, and we don't. We decided to give up a second-round pick to get this guy, right? The 49ers got Chase Young for a third. They got we Our third-round pick is way better than the damn 49ers. Right, We could have given him that third-round pick. We could have had Chase Young, a guy with a much better pass rush win rate, a much better player, a much more valuable player. Why didn't we do that, Kyle? We didn't do it because we have an injury concern for Chase Young. You know what I've got? I've got concerns about overplaying what is an acceptable defensive end, and that's what this guy is. You said Alex Brown? That's exactly what he is. You know what we're going to pay him like? Khalil fucking Mack to get this guy to sign, and he is not that guy. He is not going to turn this defensive line into what we need it to be, to be a competent defense. There's no way. He's not that kind of dude. You know what he is? He's the guy Washington was willing to let go on that defensive line. He was the lowest priority beneath Deron Payne, beneath Chase Young. Chase Young has these injuries. They decide to burn it up. They had to give him away to the 49ers. I understand that. This is the guy that Washington was willing to let go. If he was worth this goddamn contract that we're about to give him, that we have to give him, maybe Washington would have kept him. Right? Well, that's, that's here exactly. we are again. This is what we were talking about last year at this time, isn't it, Kyle? A team that had three dudes at one position, and we got the one they wanted to let go of. Well, we've actually, got now, I'm going right? to challenge that a little bit. I'm going to challenge that a little bit because uh, – the athletic article talking about the trade from the Washington perspective said that Sweat was the one that they wanted to keep. They were more comfortable letting Chase Young go, but then the Bears, the Bears offer, 
the Bears offer. Oh, shit. What did you, you, you let me talk. You let me talk. What I saw was every time somebody brought up Chase Young, they said, what about this nice one Montez Sweat we've got? That's not what I saw, but I trust your eyes, I guess. That's fine. Um, <laughs> no, what what the Athletics said was that the, the Was- Sweat was the one that Washington was interested in in keeping, but the Bears' offer was too good to, to pass up. And, and I can probably believe that. Like, yeah, there are guys that, you know, you might have wanted to extend Montez Sweat. But Washington is obviously making the calculation that a top 35 pick is greater value than Montez Sweat at the price point that Montez Sweat is demanding. So that makes me a little uneasy about the Bears meeting and probably exceeding what he would have signed for in Washington. And also I've seen some people say, like, well, they have the leverage of the franchise tag with Montez Sweat. You know what happens if you franchise tag Montez Sweat? You can't franchise tag Jalen Johnson, who is currently playing like a top five corner in the NFL, who is still only 24 years old, and whom you have now also completely alienated and pissed off. Like, here's the thing. Either every single player who has been a pending free agent on the Chicago Bears for the last two years is the biggest fucking psychopath on earth, or Ryan Poles is astonishingly bad and outright disrespectful in every contract negotiation. Because Baltimore had no problem negotiating a contract extension with Roquan Smith. Yeah. None. But he was too much for Ryan Poles to handle. And the the thing that I have heard, the, the thing that we kept hearing from Roquan was that the Bears' offer was insultingly low. And the thing that I have heard from people who, because Jalen Johnson was allowed to to seek out his own trade and to allow to exchange some preliminary figures for a contract extension with the rest of the league, and the response there was that what the Bears offering to Jalen, what the Bears were offering to Jalen was, quote, insultingly low. And we talked about this when it came to Ryan Poles and free agency and his disciplined approach. Because, yes, on paper, every GM in football will tell you, like, free agent spending is inefficient. You need to build through the draft. You should not overpay, guys. Blah, 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 blah. The salary cap matters. But it's clear that he is working off some kind of algorithm, some kind of something that spits out a number. And he is not ever willing to go over that number or has very rarely been willing to go over that number and in the process of negotiating with these guys has made it clear that he doesn't respect them isn't willing to hear their side of the argument for why they should go over that number just makes that reduces them to a number really and it's a brutal business we always hear that contract negotiations are acrimonious for lots of teams but this is this is beyond a trend at this point like other than Cole Komet who I really don't think would have too many suitors if it came down to it. Poles has not successfully negotiated with anybody. And there's not a single deal that he has signed, even in free agency. Like, which of the Bears' free agents that Ryan Poles has signed do do you think he got a real good deal on? Do you think he underpaid Tremaine Edmonds? Because I don't. Do you think he underpaid TJ Edwards? Because I don't. Do you think he underpaid Tremaine Walker? I don't. Do you think it is Tremaine Walker? Demarcus Walker. Yeah. So many Tremaines. Um I think I think Demarcus was an okay deal. I think Billings was obviously a good deal, and I think what he just negotiated with him was good. Um but I mean it it really does say something, right? That the only guys who have happily accepted extensions are the two guys who we think are just dramatically overpaid in Cole Komet and Tremaine Edmonds, right? Those two, of course they took the goddamn contracts because that may, that might be like 140% of what they're worth at minimum, right? And then you go to guys like Jalen Johnson, who you said are like a top five corner, guys who demand maximum contracts, guys who really have earned it, uh, and he, he can't get an acceptable offer? Like, I'm sorry, man, we've hit the point in the season where Jalen has proved it. This was the prove-it season. He did it. Extend the guy at this point, right? And we're probably, it sounds like, still coming at him with that number that's like, well, we're not sure about you, Jalen. Yeah, I mean, I... But we gave that money to Cole Komet, and he can see that. It's not like Jalen Johnson doesn't know that happened. 
And Jalen Johnson literally just was asked, like, well, how will it sit with you if Montez Sweat is extended before you are? And he literally said, he's like, not well. So, I mean, the Bears have, they have thrown that wrench into both of their negotiations now for these two guys. Um, and again, losing a, a top... And again, if you, if you couldn't extend Jalen, if you weren't certain you couldn't extend Jalen, why was he not traded? Yeah. You're going to end up letting this guy walk for nothing if you end up having to use the franchise tag to tag Montez Sweat. So Montez Sweat knows that. Montez Sweat's agent knows that. That's going to be a factor in your in your negotiations with Montez Sweat because the only leverage that the Bears can even pretend to have right now in Montez Sweat because he knows he's got them over a fucking barrel. He knows yeah. what they just gave up to get him. He knows they can't afford to lose. The only leverage the Bears arguably had over Montez Sweat was the franchise tag. And now Montez Sweat knows that you want to keep that club in your bag for Jalen Johnson. So you effectively have... No leverage over Montez Sweat, or if you do, you have no leverage over Jalen Johnson. Yeah, you have to overpay both of them at this point. If oh yeah, this, you remember my rant about the Raiders before the season started, right? Where none of their moves make sense; they all kind of make sense in a vacuum. But anytime you put two of them next to each other, it, it's just fucking chaos, right? That's where the Bears are at right now. This is a Josh McDaniels level organization. We we are just making random fucking moves in a vacuum, right? It doesn't make any sense to have to give both of these guys huge overpayment extensions, but we absolutely have to right now for any of these moves to make sense. If we don't extend both of them, then this trade deadline was an absolute disaster. It doesn't matter which. If we extend Montez Sweat and let Jalen Johnson go, why didn't you trade him? Why didn't you recoup that second-round pick? He's a top-five corner right now. You should get a first-round pick out of that guy. If right. you extend Jalen Johnson, holy shit, you just traded a second-round pick for a rental on an okay defensive end on a team that is two and six. Are you out of your minds? And then if you extend both of them, let's be honest, you extend both of them and you overpay, next year we're sitting here looking at it and we're like, well, we have a good corner, but why is Montez Sweat making all this money? We need a whole new defensive line. We need centers. We need guards. We need everything on this team. We are fighting for the number one right. overall pick right now. What are we doing? Well, the thing that really gets me, if they if they do end up having to franchise tag either of them, if they have to use the franchise tag at all, next year's Bears are almost, and I, I again, I hate to say it, God knows we wanted it to work out, but Justin Fields is probably done in Chicago after this year. The Bears are almost certainly, if they lock up a top two pick for sure, taking a quarterback. They're going to be starting a rookie quarterback next year. No team starting a rookie quarterback should ever be looked at as any kind of presumptive playoff team. So you could pretty much already rule out the playoffs next year just as a just as a concept. So if you're not a playoff contending team and you know that, what is the point of having a defensive player on, playing on the fucking franchise tag on a one-year high-dollar deal? What is Mon, what is a 28-year-old Montez Sweat on the franchise tag going to do for a team starting a fucking rookie quarterback? What is Jalen Johnson playing on the franchise tag going to do like you if if both of these guys are not paid and contributing to the 2025 and 2026 Bears when you hope this next quarterback that you draft is ready to lead a team to the playoffs then there's no point to having either of them no point at all the 2025 Bears already don't matter that's where we're at that was great we were hoping that this year would be a step forward from last year, and then next year you'd be adding two first-round picks to the mix around Justin Fields, and next year would be the start of the deep playoff run. That ain't happening anymore. The 2025 Bears are already irrelevant, so now you want to franchise tag a defender on that team? Really? What does that do yeah. for anybody? Yeah, it's not... None of this is logical. None of it connects. There's no grander plan, and that's why they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt, folks, because Occam's Razor suggests that these two idiots are just trying to save their job desperately, which we have seen from every Chicago organization, from the Bears, from the Cubs, from the Bulls. They, this happens every goddamn time. Yeah, I saw. Need to suggest they have a long-term plan, they're going to be fired in a couple of weeks. Um, a, a few people did say to me, like, do you really think that that the owner or, or Kevin Warren... 
would let them make a trade like this if they were about to be fired? Yes! Yeah. I've seen him do it before! Now, I, don't know, I don't know how much power Kevin Warren has, but I sure know about George McCaskey. This is the same owner that let Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace trade up for Justin Fields, trade a future first and a future fourth to get a quarterback, and then, because I mean, I think we both agree that, that Pace and Nagy should have been fired before even being allowed to make that pick, but the next best option after letting them make that pick is to give them two or three years to see it through. Yeah. They chose the worst possible option. They let a guy, they let a coach and a GM who were obviously going in to a lame duck season take a quarterback, and then they handed that quarterback after firing those two to an administration that had no ties to him and has honestly downright acted hostile towards him at times in the process of his development. This is an org where Jerry Angelo was allowed to to trade. Greg Olson, well, actually, the best part is Jerry Angelo yeah. wasn't even the one that had, where Jerry Angelo allowed an offensive coordinator who nobody even wanted. Mike Martz was a pariah. Levy Smith did his old boss a solid by inviting him to be the Bears' offensive coordinator at that point. Nobody, Mike Martz was a joke. Nobody around the league still respected him at that time. And they still allowed that man to single-handedly trade away Greg Olson, a top-ten tight end of all time, and then five months later fired both the offensive coordinator and the general manager who were responsible for that move. So, yes, yes, the Bears would let a general manager or a head coach make a move like this just to save their fucking jobs. Absolutely. No, there, there are no adults in the room at Hallis Hall. There never have been. No one is stepping in and saving them from themselves. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 that's kind of all I have to say is don't give these people the benefit of the doubt. They, they are doing the stupidest thing possible. I promise you. The Bears always do the stupidest thing possible. These people are no different than the guys we've seen before. If anything, if anything it is possible that our GM right now is stupider than Phil Emery, is stupider than Ryan Pace, it is worth less right now because he knows he's going to be fired. Whereas those guys didn't know. They got big extensions on their life, right? Pace lasted a full year beyond what we thought he would last. Uh, Emery, I think, lasted another year beyond where he would last. Those guys had indeterminate outcomes in their future. I think Poles kind of knows that he's going to be let go. And when you know that your job is at stake, what are you going to do? You're going to make short-term moves that try to save your butt. Because in the end, these people are just like us. Uh, these guys, these GMs, these coaches, they want to keep their job. Their main motivation is to keep their job. It's not the long-term health of the Chicago Bears. It's the short-term health of Eberflus. It's the short-term health of Ryan Poles. That's what they're most concerned with because they're, they're fucking human beings. And that's why they made this trade. And, I mean, it's, it's telling to me that they built this team in a way where we thought that the idea was play the run hard, let the back end take care of the pass defense, and now their flailing desperation move, which they shouldn't have been allowed to make, is to shore up the pass rush, which we all thought, which everybody else thought was the most important thing, and they completely fucking ignored, and now that's what they're doing. They are they are flailing around trying to fix it uh, by, by, by trying it's, to fix the thing that we all knew was fucked. From the very it's, beginning. It's the exact same issue as the Claypool trade. I mean, you knew... Yeah. We all looked at the wide receiver depth chart for the Chicago Bears last spring, and we said, this is the worst wide receiver core I've ever seen, maybe, and I'm a Chicago Bears fan. We very rarely have had a good one. And it took until the middle of the year for Ryan Poles to be like, you know... I'm beginning to think we don't have any wide receivers on this roster. And then they overreact and trade a, a second-round pick for Chase Claypool. And here you are with Montez Sweat, where it's like every one of us looked at this roster and said, this defensive line on paper doesn't look like it's going to get any pressure whatsoever. It looks like it might be able to stop the run, but it doesn't look like it's going to get any pressure. And they waited and waited and waited and waited and waited. And they added Yannick and Gakwe, and who we said is a very limited player in his own way. And this defensive line still can't get any pressure. And here they are panicking, overreacting, making a move for Montez Sweat for, to fill a roster hole that any sane person knew that they had all offseason long. 
And yeah, and I don't want to be too negative on Montez Sweat, the human, because I've been very angry at our, our GM here, but I think Montez Sweat is a good football player. I think he is a big improvement at DB. I think he's... But... He's not. He's not a superstar. Like you no, said, he is, he's, he's not going to make the difference here, right? He is. I, I a poor man's Max Crosby is what someone described him as. Like he is a guy who is an elite run stopper. Um, but then the pass, like I said, the pass rush has been consistent throughout his career, but it's been consistently good, not great. Uh, a supercharged Alex Brown is another comp- like the, and that what I'm describing are very good football players. You yeah. will take an Alex Brown on your roster all of the time, but it's an Alex Brown that you are gonna pay like a Julius Peppers almost. Yeah. And he's not going to single handedly transform the main problem that you have. Like yeah, the run defense might get even better. The pass rush is not going to suddenly go from dead last in the NFL to anything better than maybe 28th, 27th. He's just not that caliber of player. You're not adding a Miles Garrett. You're not adding... If if he was that caliber of pass rusher, he wouldn't be available for a second round pick. You don't see premium pass rushing edges move for anything less than a first very often. So... Yeah, I mean, we like Montez Sweat. He's probably going to make a lot of good plays for the Bears, hopefully the next couple of years. It's, and it's probably never not going to make this an overpay. Yeah, yeah, I, he's he has plateaued, right? He's, like you said, he's 28. This guy is in the prime of his career. He's not going to suddenly get better. He's going to be the guy who he is right now. He the worst possibility the is that he's going to get he worse. He's another the, defensive end. Yep. Yeah, the worst possibility is that without... Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne and Chase Young all out there that he's going to end up even worse because now he's go he's going from being a guy on a very good defensive line to being the guy on a very bad one and we know what that tends to look like it's a lot more he's going to face more double teams than he's ever seen before in his life so yeah. hopefully he can still be the same guy that he was in Washington that's probably the realistic best case scenario the worst case scenario is that he gets worse with increased attention that they weren't able to give him in Washington. But I don't think there's any scenario yet in which at age 28, he's just going to magically suddenly become a 15-sack guy. He is an 8, 9, 10 sack guy. He's a consistent pressure. He's an elite run defender. He's an every-down defensive end. That's a very valuable thing. But it's important to keep in context what he is and how unlikely he is to transform that defense and to transform that pass rush. And what yeah, it costs to get him, it's a, that's it's excessive. Yeah, this isn't the final piece, but you're going to pay him like he's the final piece. And then <laughs> the only thing that makes this make sense is you pay another guy like he's the final piece this offseason. Maybe it's Chase Young. Maybe it's Bryce Huff. Maybe it's another guy. But this can't be it. And that's deeply unfortunate because, man, you are going to drop a chunk of change on extending this guy. Yeah. Um, and that's the most reasonable thing you mm-hmm. can do right now is overpay this guy. Every other outcome is stupid. We oh, yeah. No, like I mean, if, he, if they don't pay him, then this becomes at worse than the Claypool trade. I think yeah. literally just because you did it again. You, you did, did it, it again. again. You did it again. Uh, right, we got we got nothing out of Chase Claypool this year, but imagine having no Montez Sweat next year. Well, if I had if I had a nickel for every time a Bears general manager traded a top forty pick for a guy on an expiring contract in a hopelessly lost season, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot. But it's weird that it happened twice. That's right, and from the same fucking guy two years in a row. Yeah, I. I don't. I don't know. Should we? Should we talk about like good news? Like I want to talk about Andrew Billings. He's been oh, one God, of the bright yeah. spots let's, on this let's team. Let's give you give Andrew Billings his flowers. I'm going to take a minute to cool down. All right, you go. You go ahead. We let's let's be positive. All right, one of the guys who I like on this team, one of the guys who's been consistently great. I talked about him before the year. I was like, man, this guy was good. I can't <laughs> I, believe. I, I have to apologize because I made fun of you so much for the Andrew yeah. Billings love, and you, you did. were right. You were right. You were. He's been guy. I got owed by you earlier. You were like, "Why? Why do you give a fuck about Andrew Billings?" I was like, "He's good. He's a great player. He's proven it this year." We talked about it earlier this year. We were like, "This guy should get extended while you can," 
and we just have a very, uh, like, a top five nose tackle in the league on our team. Now we extended him very reasonably. And you know what I think when we found uh, an excellent one technique um, of bargain bin free agency and he's turned into a fantastic player and now we've extended him. What I think is, thank God. God, we spent a top 64 pick on Zach Pickens. I'm so oh, happy him. that we have that guy. That was a good use of uh, a pick on a team that still doesn't have a fucking center. That's right. Literally the, the least valuable interior defensive lineman in the NFL this year, Zach Pickens, everybody. This, yay, what a great pick. King Pickens no, does it again. There were no fucking guards or setters available at that pick. That we yeah. needed, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, Jeez, thank, I mean, in a vacuum, thank God we've got this guy. We've got him for another two years. He is a very solid piece to build on. Jervon Dexter has looked very good. Why we aren't playing him more than we have is beyond me. And I, I don't think Fluss could tell you. I think it's for the same reason that we randomly gave starts to Jimmy Clausen. It's because we've got a flailing uh, defensive coach who's like, I, 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 I don't fucking know. We're just going to try whatever. I will say this about Montez Sweat and Andrew Billings and Tyreek Stevenson and and Terrell Smith and Jalen Johnson and all these guys that we have on defense who do have some promise. You know what's the best thing about these dudes? All of them will fit into a 3-4 defense if we hire (laughs) a better coach this offseason. So that's that's the good thing is because we didn't get guys that that are stuck... Into this dinosaur scheme of Eberflus, so if he if he goes uh, and they hire a modern defense coordinator, he'll be like, "Oh, these are these are nice pieces. Thank you for giving them to me." Um, Tremaine Edmonds will probably feel much more at home in a three four defense than he will in what we're running right now. Uh, but yes, that is true. We are not married to the goddamn cover two four three Tampa two bullshit that I've been seeing since I was a fucking infant. But there was a time it wasn't bullshit, and that time ended sometime roughly around the time that Brian Erlacher's hamstrings ended. So that is correct. It it's this is like, um, you know, I I had someone one time that described watching. Uh, they didn't like the Star Wars prequels, and they described watching the Phantom Menace. Uh, compared to watching the original Star Wars trilogy, they're like it was like seeing someone you love from far away and then you get up close and it's not them it's like someone who has killed them and is just like wearing their skin oh, um, that's kind of the Matt Eberflus version of the Lovey Smith defense we're like from far away like oh man kids remember how much fun we used to have with the old Tampa 2 remember Lance Briggs and Brian Erlacher and the peanut punches and then you get up and it's just this shambling corpse of a defensive scheme rotting and and and, and shambling in the Darkness. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm ready to be done with this awful, god awful defense. The god awful man who runs it. Oh, we even mentioned that the running back coach got fired for HR related reasons. A second coach gone for we being have... a piece of shit. So again, let's revisit the Matt Eberflus checklist. This man was sold to us as a leader of men, a molder of men, uh, who would bring a, a stout ball hawking defense. Um who would bring discipline. Um, and so let's check in uh, on the Molder of Men front. As we mentioned, the aforementioned Chase Claypool incident. He didn't really mold that guy. Uh, in terms of his hiring of assistants, we've got whatever Alan Williams is currently hiding from the Federales for. Um, we've got whatever the running back coach was just fired for, for HR-related reasons. So Repeated think, HR violations. I think we've I think we've failed a little bit on, on the molder of men front. Uh, the defense is woefully incompetent at an NFL record for games allowing 25-plus points. Um, as far as discipline, they are one of the NFL's most heavily penalized teams this year. Um so, yeah, I mean, just a smashing success on all fronts from Matt Eberflus. So. It really says something that in the history of, of the Bears, there has never been a greater dumpster fire than the last two years at this point, right? We've never sunk this low. We are not only last year's worst team by record in the NFL, but, I, I mean, is there another franchise in sports that is more of an embarrassment right now than the Chicago Bears? I can't think of one. 
I, I can't think of a goddamn one that comes close to how bad this team has been on and off the field. It's an, I, it's an absolute disaster, and the sweat stuff is just one more thing to add on to the pile, right? Just one more boneheaded move with no foresight, no planning, just, just you know, pulls. He has this face where he, it seems like he knows what he's doing, right? Oh, I've got something going on in the background. No, you don't. You're fucking stupid. <laughs> that, that's the end of it, all right? Like, I don't believe you. I don't buy it. You're a fucking idiot. You are flailing. You are grasping at straws, and it, it's not going to save you. Well, and like for, gonna get fired. Like, for polls, every time I try to think, all right, I see what he's doing here, and that's smart, he cancels it out. Because, like, I actually... Who's you wrong? I defended not paying Roquan. Because from an organizational yeah. standpoint, from a cap, salary cap standpoint, if you look at... A premier organization like the Eagles, you know, Howie Roseman, we talk about all the time, is the best GM in football. The Eagles never pay linebackers. The Eagles are constantly looking to save money at, at linebacker and safety and all of that stuff. Um, because they just, your, your premier money, your money goes into your quarterback, your skill players, and the trenches. That's where their money goes. They try to save everywhere else. So when he traded Roquan, I was like, you know what, not paying all that much money to an off-ball linebacker, it makes sense to me. I can see it. Uh, and they get a second-round pick for it. But then he turns around and he gives a second-round pick up for Chase Claypool. So it cancels that part out. And you're like, all right, so you've just traded Roquan Smith for Chase Claypool? Not so sure about that one. Um, and then he turns around and what does he do in free agency? He overpays an off-ball linebacker anyway. So I was like... Okay, so this really, there was no plan here. You you literally just pissed off and traded away a much more talented linebacker to replace him with a guy just as expensive, almost as expensive, who's just worse. You didn't, you didn't do anything yeah. smart here. You just got outmaneuvered by Roquan, who doesn't have an agent. You got out, you got played by St. Omni, man. That's yeah. not only that. Not only that, we expected that maybe this was a move that was saying we didn't need a guy like Roquan in that spot. We even gave him benefit of the doubt when he got Tremaine Edmonds, right? Because we thought maybe in this defense, a Tremaine Edmonds is going to be a more useful player. Fucking wrong. Fucking wrong. Roquan Smith is a much better fit for this fucking defense. I hate these people, Kyle. They, they make no sense. They just do random shit. They piss everybody off. They hire people who are going to get fired due to human resources-related re uh, reasons. And we're, we're going to end up back in the, the top three of the draft again. These guys need to be gone now. Mark Davis just fired Josh McDaniels on a contract that we thought was, was unfireable. Right? We thought there's no way he could get rid of this guy and take on that albatross of a deal and all that dead money. If he can do it, we can do it. Fire these people now before they do more damage, all right? Get somebody in here who just makes it a priority to re-sign Montez Sweat and Jalen Johnson. You just write that off as a loss. You move forward with the goddamn team with some new people, with some new blood. And I guess we, we try again, right? And, I mean, I've said this before, Kyle, but it can't possibly get worse, right? This has to be the bottom, right? Like, there's no way we hire somebody. I mean, literally, I mean, it would be hard. It would be very hard to win fewer than five games and 25 tries going forward. It certainly would be harder than you would think. But, God, I can't, I, I can't ever think to utter a phrase as dangerous as it can't get any worse than this. Can it? I'm dying um, here. I'm it's dying bad. on the fine, my friend. So, honestly, God, I think we have like 10 minutes left, but I don't think I have it in me. I think I, think I have purged. <laughs> I wanted it's, to, uh, I did want to mention one thing. I've noticed this week we've seen a lot of people bringing up that Drake May maybe should mm -hmm. be the number one pick in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which uh, coincides brutally with the Bears finally falling out of the number one position of the draft. That's uh, that is exactly my worst fear is that I that people will realize that perhaps Drake May is quarterback one right as the Bears lock up the second overall pick. That will be. Yeah. That would make so much sense, wouldn't it? But anyways, let's and the Cardinals. The Cardinals just traded away Josh Dobbs so that they could further tank because they're like, no, fuck it, we need that number one. Well, no, 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 no. It's because they're they're getting Kyler back soon, so they could win a game oh, or two that, with Kyler. I hope so. so I hope yeah. God, I hope so. Back this year. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. So, anyways, um, 
Yeah, like, what else is there to say? Like, I'm so upset. I And I know some people out there are going to listen to this, and they're going to be like, man, I was kind of excited about this. Like, I thought this was a good move. I can't do it anymore, folks. I can't yeah. do the same thing two off-seasons in a row. I can't give these guys the benefit of the doubt. I, it's just, they're idiots. They're idiots. Yeah, and then, you have to assume they did it for the wrong reason. Right, and at no point does anything that we're saying mean that Montez Sweat is not a good football player and that yes. he won't do good things for the Chicago Bears. He probably will. He's probably, other than Jalen, the guy that they're alienating, uh, the best player now on the Chicago Bears defense. It's okay to look forward to to seeing that. Find your, find your bliss where you can, folks. But as far as the thought process behind these moves, it's very hard for us to sit here and be anything other than massively concerned, or really beyond concerned, fucking over it. We are fucking... Yeah. Over it. Oh, completely. I, yeah. 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 Yeah, so Kyle, just so excited for next week, we can talk about the Bears playing the motherfucking Saints defense with Tyson Page in it. That should be fun. Yeah, I think. Well, I think we're. I think this was a healthy purge. The deadline is the last thing that's like the Bears. I think. I think at this point we probably can go back to the original plan, which is that if the Bears keep losing football, we will find other things to talk about. That's right. uh, in the NFL and in college football too. Um, yeah, we will move. On. I'm not gonna. God, I am not gonna spend an hour talking about Tyson Page getting smothered by the Saints. I won't do it. So we'll be here next week. But we'll, we may we'll not figure say word one about that fucking game. It might. Yeah, yeah. We'll be. Yeah, there might be a, a long fart noise at the start of the next podcast, and you'll know what that's in re- reference to before we that's move right. on to better and brighter things. All right. Well, have a good week, folks. Hopefully this was just what you needed on your Friday.